Well, today it's my privilege to uh, introduce my brother Kyle. Kyle, come on up. Kyle's going to be preaching for us today. Yeah. Whoop. He's usually preaching from the guitar. And uh, I, I love it when he speaks. Uh, we, were, we were talking just a, a week or two ago, and Kyle brings something very different and unique to our house. And um, there's, there's some wisdom that he's learned over the last few years, and there's just a way that he's wired that's different. And I like it. I like it. We need it. And uh, so here's what I'm asking you to do today. I ask that you would open your heart. Um, here's the thing. So when someone carries a grace and they carry something very specific, you can have access to that thing. And Kyle has walked through a season of learning what forgiveness is. And he stepped into an anointing in this. And so if you need to forgive someone, if you, have, if you fight and struggle with this, or if your walls have come up in the area of unforgiveness or struggling with that, pull on what Kyle has stepped into through practice and through tears and ask God to give you a fresh anointing of forgiveness because I believe that he'll do it. So Father, we just ask now that you would move in this room, that you would turn our hearts to you, that you would unlock us today. I ask that you would anoint Kyle and help him to say the things that he needs to say. I ask that you would bring freedom to captives and prisoners today, God. Father, I ask that we would leave here with a greater longing to forgive and ability to forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, dude. Thank you. How y'all doing? Good. You all right? Good. Anybody else had a really long week this last week? I feel like everybody I talk to has had a long... I think the holidays zap us more than they benefit us, unfortunately. Um, The traffic's been worse every day for me. People out shopping and um, work's busy. You know, at the end of the year, you're trying to get everything paid off and get it off the books. And it's a crazy week. Um... And I, I feel that from everyone. It, and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. Like, but I do feel that we're carrying some tension. Okay? I feel it with myself. I woke up with kind of a headache today. I don't wake up with headaches very often. I just felt like we were carrying tension. So I want to address that first. And I just want to ask God to ease the tension, baby. Okay? <laughs> God, please ease the tension. Whatever it is that's keeping us wound tight. I'm the tightest wound of anyone, so I get it. So, God, I ask that you just free us up, loosen us up. Um, yeah, there you go, Sterling. <laughs> that's freedom. He probably just let something go that gave him some freedom. <laughs> no one else do that, please. <laughs> it's only allowed for the babies. Um, I want to start out with, um, to kind of paint the picture for what I'm going to talk about. Jared already touched on it a little bit. I want to talk about forgiveness, but I want to talk about two different lawn workers, okay? So as anyone knows what a lawn is, obviously it's a field of grass, depending on whatever size it is, okay? So there's this employer, and he has two fields that he needs maintained, all right? So he hires a person for each field. Lawn care worker number one. Every day, they just walk the, the, the lawn, 
comb the grounds for anything that's out of place. They mow, they trim, they take care of everything. Okay? The idea is that this, this homeowner that owns this land is wanting to grow fruit in these lawns. Okay? Lawn care worker number one, every day goes out and combs the fields, makes sure everything's taken care of where it's supposed to be, right? Day after day, very, very on top of things. Walks the field. Okay, that's not supposed to be there. Let's clean that up. Let's trim the grass that needs to be trimmed. Okay, well, one day they spot a weed. Okay? What's the best way to handle the weed? You get it right away and you uproot the weed, okay? So this lawn care worker is really great about uprooting weeds. When it spots one, it doesn't just cut it down, which we all know if you just cut a weed, it just grows back and then brings like eight of its friends, right? But he uproots it. Lawn care worker number two starts out kind of attentive to the lawn, right? Walks around, doesn't see anything overtly crazy or terrible with this lawn, but they don't inspect it the way the first lawn care worker does. They just go out and they see where it's growing. They run the mower over it, right? Cut it down because on the surface, right? It looks like it's supposed to look. Hey, everything's the same height. Everything's green so far. I think I'm doing okay, right? What's happening is that this lawn care worker is not seeing the weeds that are growing underneath what they're mowing, right? And the less attentive they are, the more these weeds grow and the more these weeds spread. And the longer you let it grow, the longer you let it spread, guess what? The job of cleaning up that lawn, de-weeding it, becomes much more difficult than if you were the first lawn care worker where every day you combed the yard and whenever you saw the root of the weed, you uprooted it. That first lawn care worker is what I represents forgiveness to me, right? A person that can forgive. The second lawn care worker is someone that lives with unforgiveness in their heart. Because on the surface... They can cover things up. They can make it look like things are fine. But deep down, the roots of unforgiveness, the roots of bitterness, are taking hold of their internal lawn, so to say. It's taking grip of their soul, right? And the longer you let that go, the longer you let the root and the weeds of unforgiveness grow inside of you, the fact is, it's harder to clean it up right? This first lawn care worker is doing a great job. They take care of it one by one, right? When they see this root come up, they uproot it. And guess what? When you're usually quick to uproot things, they don't grow back very fast in other areas, right? But if you're this other worker and you're just combing it over, these weeds tend to spread. And what what do weeds do? They kill the things that they're growing in. They take over. They kill the lawn you're in. And guess what? Eventually, this landowner is wanting to grow fruit on this land. This first lawn is going to be ready to bear fruit. 
Will law number two be ready to bear fruit when it's time? No, because they've allowed the weeds to choke out the fruit that the, the landowner has intended to grow. Just as unforgiveness will choke out any opportunity for you to bear fruit in your life. God has intended us to bear fruit, right? You got the fruits of the spirit, all that. We know that. We don't have to go on into all that. God has intended us to bear fruit. He has not intended us to be barren and dry and covered in weeds, right? That chokes out the life that we were intended to create. I dare say, and I don't think this is too crazy to say, but forgiveness is the root of all of everything that we believe. It is the foundation, it's the core of what we call Christianity. It's the core of relationship with God. Because if it wasn't for his forgiveness or his kindness, we wouldn't be led to repentance. Okay? I'm going to read a couple of scriptures really quick to just hammer that point home. Uh, Matthew 6. Let's start there. You probably already know what this is. So when they asked Jesus, how should we pray? Right? So the one person that we are tasked to follow how they live tells us to pray in this way. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power of the glory forever. And then he follows it up with this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And then this gets heavy. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. You see, forgiveness is a heavy thing. This implies, this it doesn't imply, it actually says it straight up. If you are expecting forgiveness from the father, but you have not forgiven those that have done wrong against you, the forgiveness of the father is not there. That sounds weird, and we, we talk about grace, and we talk about God's mercy, but God's also just, right? And what he says is truth. And this is Jesus saying that if you have unforgiveness in your heart, then the Father is not forgiving you. That's a heavy thing. Because how can God plant fruit in something that is not uh, able to grow fruit? And unforgiveness is what kills that. I'm going to go fast today. Is that okay with you? (laughs) I'm sure you're all totally cool with this. Um, It's funny because usually when when I get sermon notes together, I'm really organized. Like even when I do meetings at work, I like type it out point by point. And I'm like, I'm going to really emphasize this. I'm going to do this. And I felt this week that I wasn't supposed to do that. So I'm kind of winging it. And if it's terrible at the end, y'all can tell me I've lost my winging it privileges. No. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Um, so, why is forgiveness so difficult? Huh? Vengeance. It's good. We want, we want them to pay for what they've done. That's one thing that makes it so difficult. It feels like when I forgive someone, they get away with it, right? And do you know that we actually have to forgive people that never even ask us for forgiveness? That's really easy to do, right? Like, yeah, they've, uh, you know, turned my life into this and never uh, apologized, but yeah, I'm expected to forgive them. Thanks God for that one, right? It is hard to forgive people. You know why it's hard? Because everything of value in existence is hard and it should be hard. You should have to earn it. If it was easy, it wouldn't require much of you and therefore it wouldn't carry weight. It's critical. Like I tell my kids, they're like, uh, they said this in the car the other day, man, all the talking about food, they're like, bad food is really cheap. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Right? Like it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't benefit you. It's not good. It's expensive to eat healthy. It's expensive to drive really nice cars. It's expensive to buy a nice house. That's because those things carry value, right? And if it's something that we truly want to attain, we put the effort into attaining those things. And that's forgiveness. It is the root of everything that we believe about Jesus, right? It is who he is. He is forgiveness. That's why he came, is for the idea of forgiveness. And it would be irresponsible for us to not walk in forgiveness the way Christ walked in forgiveness and the way God gave his son for us. It's our responsibility to walk in forgiveness. But nobody said it was easy, right? <laughs> I see forgiveness like an onion. Okay? Some smells bad a little bit, like you don't want to do it, right? It makes you cry. And there are layers to it, right? And we know that because they asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive our brother? Seven times? No, seven times 70, right? Every day, 70, seven times 70 every day, right? Well, if you think you forgive someone, you would think it would be done once, right? You think you can just take care of it? I forgive you. But the problem is pain and hurt that is, that we experience, that we take on as offense takes root in us just like that lawn with the weeds. Whether we want it to or not, when you're hurt or you're offended or you're upset with somebody, it creates a root inside of you of unforgiveness and bitterness. And it's harder and harder it's to get rid of it the longer you wait, like I said before. But it also requires you to do it over and over and over again. You will never, and I challenge you on this, you will never be able to forgive someone that's really offended you in one failed swoop. 
It's got to cost you something. It's got to be something that every day of your life is on the top of your mind. It has to cost you something in order for you to see fruit from it. Trees don't grow fruit overnight, right? You've got to toil the land. You know, you've got to work with the land. You've got to get the soil in the right way. All this, you've got to plant the seed. You've got to water it. The weather has to be the right way. All these things have to happen for fruit to grow in your life. And for me, that's 70 times seven. Every time you decide that I forgive this person, I release them of this offense, that's you getting the soil ready. You pouring water on it, planting the seed, pouring the water, watching it grow, getting it sunlight. Every time you decide to say, I forgive this person, you are preparing your life to bear fruit. Every time. You can't do it once. Or Jesus would have told us, just do it once, you're good. Right? And guess what? People can keep offending you. And guess what? You got to keep doing it. 70 times 7. And like we touched on earlier, what, what's one of the reasons it's so hard to forgive people? They should pay for what they've done. We all feel this way in some way, right? Someone's done something to you so upsetting to you, and it feels like they're just going on their merry way, right? Life is good for them. Oh, they just got a new car. Awesome. They cost me thousands of dollars. Because uh, of what they did. Oh, they've got a child now. Oh, great. I'd love to have more kids. But they got a kid. That's awesome for them, right? They seem happy. They got a bunch of friends, all these things. And here I am having to forgive that person. I have to forgive them in order for my life to be all it should be. I'm not the one that did what they did right? I'm not the one that hurt me. They're the ones that hurt me. And what, what do they got? They got more going on than I got going on. And God, you're telling me that in order for me to bear fruit, which you called me to do, I have to release that person. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't. But again, nothing that's worth anything is going to be easy right? Did Jesus ever say that this world was going to be fun and grand and amazing and everything was going to be great? No, he said the opposite. He said, in this world, you will have troubles, but be of good cheer for he has already overcome the world. He's already experienced everything that every one of us will ever experience. Imagine having to forgive people that took your life from you. On a cross, beaten, bleeding, thorns in his head, after taking the cat of nine tails, nails in his hands and his feet. In that moment, he asked God to forgive them because they had no clue what they were doing. And I challenge you that people that offend you often, almost every time, have no clue what they're doing. Some people do it knowing that it'll hurt you, but I promise you, most people do things out of their ignorance or out of fear. Fear has caused so much pain in this world. 
I, I say that our, our prisons are full of people that did something in a scared moment, right? That pulled the trigger because they were scared. Offense and pain, it comes so much from fear. And we have to have forgiveness like Jesus where we say, they don't get what they're doing. They really don't understand what they're doing. And I forgive them. And like I said, it's not going to happen once. You have to do it over and over. And you know what's a really great indicator that you've forgiven someone? When they have a child, you're happy for them. Or whenever they lose a relative or something, you really feel bad for them. Or if something bad happens to them, your heart's actually moved towards feeling bad for them, right? Or if they get a new job, you're happy they got a new job. That's really good. That's good for them. I'm happy for them. When you can get to that place, I promise you, you've forgiven them. But it takes a long time sometimes to get there. And I'll end on this. And this is where I want to speak to people's hearts. Um, You know the hardest person in the world to forgive? Yourself. And, And guess what? Not forgiving yourself is equally as damaging to you as not forgiving someone else. Right? And it's harder to forgive ourselves... Because we know all the terrible things that we've thought. We know all the terrible things we've done. We know all the bad intentions we've had. We know that very well. And it's really hard for us to look at ourselves and say, Kyle, I forgive you. And we often take blame for what other people have done to us. Well, if I had just done this, then I wouldn't have been in that situation. How stupid was I to allow this person to be such an important part of my life and to even hurt me that way? And you know what that leads to? That leads to people that are closed off with walls and they don't let anybody in. Because if you take blame for what somebody has done to you, what someone perpetrated onto you, You will create a defense system so that no one else will do that to you again. We actually take the blame for actions that had nothing to do with us. And then we protect ourselves. Jared said this a couple times. He's like, when when we build defenses up, we keep some bad stuff out, but we also keep out all the good stuff. Right? And when we don't forgive ourselves, or when we take blame where blame is not due, then we block ourselves from some of the pain, but we also prevent ourselves from the goodness. And I would challenge that there's a bunch of us walking around that have taken blame for something that we have no business taking blame for. And because of that, 
we are not living in everything that we should be living. You're carrying around something that you were never called to carry around. You're carrying a burden of offense or feeling inadequate. Like they wouldn't have done this if I was better. You know? And that's not yours to carry. A couple, a couple quick things. I'm going to cover forgiveness from every angle. And then we're going to pray. And we're going to uproot some stuff. <clears throat> Do you know that you can't force someone to forgive you. <laughs> so there are times where we are the perpetrator and we've done something to somebody, right? You know, there's no entitlement to someone's forgiveness. Have you ever gone and asked someone, you realize, hey, I really screwed up here. I really did something wrong. And you go to a and ask for forgiveness and what, they reject you? Has that ever happened? Ever happened? Here's what you got to do. You take care of your end of things. If your heart is pure, if you've taken care of, of what you've done, you've uprooted the things in your life, forgiveness is on that other person. It's not your right to rush it. They get to forgive you in whatever time they want to forgive you. If they choose not to forgive you, that's not your fault. They're the ones that are going to have to live with the consequences of not forgiving you. And, and I would challenge that a lot of us are carrying around hurt and unforgiveness in us because we don't feel someone has forgiven us for something we've done. That is not your responsibility. The responsibility of forgiveness, like I said, it doesn't seem fair. The responsibility of forgiveness for forgiveness is on the person that's hurt that needs to do the forgiving. <clears throat> we all good? Okay. Like I said, I'm just going, I'm winging it a little bit. Little things tend to turn into big things. Unforgiveness tends to grow when it's ignored. Don't forget that. Forgiveness is not something that can just be pressed down and ignored and made to disappear. I'll end on this. I know I said that before, but I promise I'll end on this. You will not, you forgive me, thank you. <laughs> well, I reject it. <laughs> you're still good. You did your part. Uh, <laughs> you will not be able to forgive anybody by yourself. If you expect to take care of forgiveness all on your own, good luck. 
it requires a partner of some sort. God, obviously, that's the obvious partner. You have to share unforgiveness that you have with somebody else. Because I promise you, here's why. We are often very blind to the things that we're really offended by. People around us that really know us can usually see way better than we can the weeds that are growing in our life. So when you take a journey of forgiveness in your life, however severe it is, maybe someone did really terrible things to you. Um, maybe it was something small that just hurt, right? And it just is this little pain inside of you. You will never be able to fully take care of it by yourself. There is zero chance you'll be able to take care of it by yourself. You need people that are going to point out to you, hey, there are still weeds over there. I know you think you found them, but you have not. And that's part of that, for me, that 70 times 7 journey. Because I may feel like I've forgiven today, but then what happens tomorrow when a certain situation arises and it, it pokes at that again? You know, I felt really good. Well, I felt really good because I hadn't seen this person for two months. Like, I felt great. Like, I, I thought I really forgave them. And then I saw them today. And I remembered how terrible they are. And oops, guess what? There's some weeds that I didn't take care of before that now I have to address. Like, I know there's probably some, some heaviness to this, and that's really intended. Forgiveness, like I said, it is the basis of, of everything that we do. It's, it is our existence. Right? We're in this room because of forgiveness. And, and like I said, it's, it's his kindness, it's his forgiveness that brings us back to him. Right? And we're called to walk with that kindness imagine if the people we offended, we treated them like the most amazing people in our lives. Imagine if we loved them really well, or we were really kind to them, overly kind to them when they don't deserve it. Imagine how many people would be able to forgive themselves if we were really, really kind to them. Because kindness leads to repentance, period. And we talk about us in this room carrying offense because of things that we've taken as, as things that we've done, or we have perpetrated things onto other people. Well, imagine the people out there that aren't in this room that have hurt us. They're carrying that same thing, whether they know it or not, they're carrying that guilt and the shame of being a perpetrator of offense on somebody else. Imagine that all of us in this room are the kindest person in that person's life. Imagine we don't snap back at them when they do something, right? Imagine that they don't communicate something well to us and we still, we're like, it's all good. It's okay. Everything's fine. It's good. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine we showed them so much mercy. Imagine we acted like Jesus. Jesus. That the people, he's staring them at in the face. Sorry, I got feedback there. I got a little excited. He's staring them in the face as they're uh, nailing him to the cross. And he's still able to say in that moment, let it go. 
we're good. Like, God, forgive them. I don't hold this sin against them. As they're doing the sin, as they're doing the offense to him, he's forgiving them. I'll ask you all to stand, please, if you would. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And he has faith in Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> when we when we forgive people, we Yeah, we allow God to handle it. And we say that we're not the ones that have to be the ones that take care of it. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Um, I want to ask God, we're going to pray for a second, and I want him to reveal any unforgiveness that you have in you. Whether it's you, whether it's someone else, I'm going to ask that he will shine light in an area where you need light shined. All right. So I'm going to pray for that. God, you, we ask you to come and investigate our lives. We ask you to come and look at the lawn inside of us that has the weeds growing that we can't see. And we ask that you would shine a light on those so that we may deal with those. So God, any offense that's happened that we don't remember that's happened, that we've forgotten over time, but is still there secretly growing. I ask that you would bring that to the surface right now, that you would shine light on that right now so that we can deal with it. All right, I want you all to take a second and just keep asking. Just ask, what is there? What am I holding on to that I didn't even realize You know, what corpse am I dragging around that I didn't even realize I was dragging it around? God, come shine your life-giving light on us. All right, I want to ask, is anybody, did God give anybody anything? Yeah? If he did, we're going to start the process today. Maybe you've already started, but we're going we're gonna to keep, keep going at this. Will you, okay, sorry, I would like you to step out. If God did show you something, I'd like you to step out and come on up front.
Thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> so church, I'm going to ask you to do two things. This week, I want you to keep praying. And if there's anything that God hasn't revealed to you yet, ask him that he would reveal to you. Second, I want to surround our brothers and sisters up here right now. Please come up, surround them, and we're going to ask for God to help them uproot these things. Right? Come on up. Let's surround them. Put your hands on them. <laughs> Kids are having fun. That's good. <laughs> All right, come on up, church. Right? And this is, this is what we're doing. We're asking God to reveal, keep revealing. And I think one of the things that's important is for him to reveal the magnitude of these things. Like maybe we see it as smaller than it is or as bigger, bigger than it is. Maybe it's something we can handle pretty quickly. But let's ask God to help our brothers and sisters here to uproot this, this problem. Yes. No, it's revealed so it can be healed. Yeah, that's why he does it. All right, let's do that. Do it, people. Come on. Go after it for him. Let's do this.